Hey, listeners, just a heads up that the audio quality this week um, is not quite as high as as usual. We were having some issues on one of our mics, uh, but we still figured that the episode is filled with good info, and so we're releasing it anyway. But yeah, sorry about the quality. We'll make make sure that's better next time. Cheers. Hey, Cam. Hey, how's it going, Kaylin? It's going well. How are you? I'm doing well as well on this snowy sunday yeah yeah it's been quite crazy this weekend with with the weather love the weather (laughs) what did you do yesterday just stay inside um yeah i i had to return a car because we were out of town for the past week um skiing and so i decided to return the car a day early in the joys of a giant, like the biggest snowstorm that we've had. So that was a bit of a shit show. <laughs> yeah. It escalated very quickly. I'll say that much. I was like sending videos to my friends in other countries being like, so come visit because this is fun. Um, how was the ski trip? It was, yeah, it was really nice. It was kind of, I was up there for just under a week. Uh, a couple of days at the start was on my own and kind of just, was working remotely and then also um i don't know just like take a couple days to like um like take care of non-work stuff but also just like start mulling over some ideas and and yeah i think it was i don't know it was both productive and and fun to hang out with uh so yeah then your partner diego and my partner uh (laughs) gabby she came up as well and then we just went snowboarding for a few days and and it was really nice it was cool you've got all the partners all of them except you you didn't come no i know i <laughs> yeah. stayed in toronto yeah how was that how you been um good busy <laughs> uh lots of things have happened over the past few weeks um work yeah. and life related so yeah it's been busy i know i decided a long time ago not to join on the snowboard trip but i'm also kind of glad that i didn't no offense but just because so much has been happening so um you were predicting yeah. the future at the time you're like you know what i know that's gonna be a busy week because then we'll get into all the details later but you knew like months <laughs> yeah, in advance it's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah exactly so i mean yeah i mean i can speak a little bit about kind of what's been going on yeah get into it should, should i start with personal i think so um yeah. So I'm moving. So that was a bit of a surprise. Um, yeah, we, my partner and I had decided that we were going to move in together. Um, but then kind of out of nowhere, my old apartment, which I love dearly, um, but had to move out of about a year ago, became available again. So um, we are moving. Uh, I am moving on February 15th. So um that was quite quick. So I had to find someone to take over my lease and had to make sure that like, um, everything was good with the old place. Um, so that was just kind of like a bunch of initial things going on there. Um, and then he'll move a few months later just because his lease is um, a bit longer. So it's just, and go ahead. It's pretty wild. Like you're, I know that this was coming up and you guys were trying to figure out the moving situation. Like, do you move into his place or find a new place? And then it ended up being that you, uh, managed to find basically where (laughs) your old house, which had previously 
uh, basically caught on fire. Is yes, that it did. not correct? Yeah. So, so it's, it's so basically we're not moving into my old apartment, but we're moving uh-huh. into the one next to it. So there's two units above the bridal store, but, um, turns out if you let things kind of simmer and sit for a year, they don't smell like fire anymore. So that's good. Um, and on the unit that we're moving into, they replaced like some of the walls and the bathroom and all that, because the unit we're moving into is actually the one that was like connected to the fire. Um, whereas my old one wasn't, but this one's great. It's like, it's much larger. So it's a better option than us moving into his apartment or my apartment. It's like two bedrooms, a living room, a dining room, and a, a quite a large kitchen. So I'm just like, so thankful that, um, to have space because I'm like a pretty, I'm kind of a loner. So I like a lot of alone time. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. When you guys first mentioned like moving into kind of the small one bedroom of either of your places, I was like, yeah, you'll make it work, but like, ugh, it's going to be tough. So this is, this is going to be a way better situation. Sounds like you're both really excited about it. So that's really awesome. Yeah. And I think even when you and I talked about it, I thought there was no chance that I would be able to get him to move into like an older um, place, but yeah. uh, it happened. And it's, it's a great location. And for him, gym is a big thing. There's a gym right there. So we're set. That's great. As long as yeah, I have that's that. Basically all you needed to convince him. Otherwise, that would be a deal breaker. I would have to like... Or treats. Or treats. Yeah, (laughs) treats in a gym. Um, And then in terms of um, professional things, I got a new job. So that's really exciting. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was a few months in the works, uh, which we've talked about mostly every podcast to date. Um, So I think, I don't know. I think probably last time we talked, I was about to do... um, the case study for that job uh, interview mm-hmm. or for like the final interview. And so I did that. It was um, a bit brutal preparing for it because it was the exact same timing as all of this house stuff came up. So it was a lot to handle. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the case study itself went pretty well. Um, definitely the people in the interview were significantly more experienced than I am. So I got just grilled with questions, many of which I had just, had either horrible answers or no answers to. So I wasn't sure how that would pan out. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess they see the potential. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited. And then I start that on February 10th. So it's going to be kind of a busy month of um, starting a new job and moving in one week. And then uh, my partner is going away for three weeks right after that. So, yeah, it should be very interesting. But I'm excited to start the new role. Um it's what a is role, it? Yeah, it's a role as an agile coach. So um, at Ecobee, which um, smart home technology company, Kim, you know, because you used to work there. Um, yeah, so I'll be working with um, different development teams to kind of help them with their um, internal operations, cross team operations, and just um, operating more agile or really just like more efficiently within the organization. Um, it'll be a big shift for me um, in terms of I do a lot of actual delivery work right now. So like I'm heavily involved in like development, problem solving, sales, client relations, um, QA. Like I actually do a lot of tasks in my current job because we're such a small startup. So I think it's going to be the biggest, I think shift for me is going to be stepping out of the actual delivery work um, in terms of like doing the tasks that contribute towards delivery, if that makes sense. Um, so I think that's going to be 100%. actually kind of a very tricky shift for me. Um, but I'm going to have to see how it goes. Yeah, I think 
I know that you've also wanted more of that, like more strategic roles where you're less hands-on and you've been even like doing a bit more of that at your current role, but also, you know, you're in startup mode with only a few people. And so you still always have your hands like in it, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I think it will be a big shift for you, especially the pace at which maybe teams move in larger kind of, you know, Ecobee's getting pretty big now, like 500 plus people, I'd imagine, uh, compared to working with like what, four or five people, uh, as, as well as like a number of contractors I know that you work with as well. But, you know, it's going to be a, a way different situation in terms of pace. But yeah, it sounds like you're going to move or you're going to kind of learn a lot from the the good team that you, you have there. So I don't know. I'm really excited for you. I think that's great. And I'm um, I'm also selfishly happy because uh, it probably means that we can release this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought. I know that that uh, this is riding on that. As in, as in, Cam and I have been discussing me on this um, journey of getting a new job, and if I didn't get it, these all might not be publishable podcasts. So <laughs> that's the context. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, now they're yeah. all pu- they're all publishable, and also my current um, my current bosses are super super supportive. Um, one of the founders of my company of the company that I'm at right now is easily like one of my best friends. Um, so it's kind of, it was definitely a hard decision to leave and also just difficult. Yeah. I felt like I was going to say difficult to do that to him because that's what it felt like, but he was just like absolutely so supportive and understanding. Um, and just like happy for me and then just more tactical about kind of, you know, what are our next steps? So, uh, it couldn't have gone better. Um, I'm happy about that. Yeah. I think that's kind of a sign of a a really good manager too, in many ways, you know, I've seen a lot of uh, managers or you hear stories about people as well, where, you know, they just try and keep people and, and, Sometimes the best thing uh, for your employees' growth is to move on even to a new company or a new team and things like that. And so it's better to just embrace that change will eventually happen and that you should just set up your employees for the, the best way of moving into that change and then having yourself like build your company so that you can adapt to that when it finally comes. Totally. And I think that one thing that I do really respect about uh, both the founders of my company and just things that I've learned from working here is just watching how supportive they are in people's journeys and being very upfront, you know, from early stages in people's journey with our company that like, we know you're not going to stay here forever. So like, what do we need to do to make sure that you're happy right now? And what are things that you need to work on so that you can get to the next step, whether it's in this company or out of this company. And I've seen them, you know, articulate that, but also just follow through with that pretty consistently with everybody that works with us. I think when you're a really small startup, you know that it's a stepping stone for a lot of people um, because, you know, it does offer certain things in the way of experience that sometimes larger companies don't. For me, it would just be breadth of experience. Um, But, you know, for other people who want to specialize in certain things too, I think there's the opportunity to be able to like step up and do that. So, yeah, I think that um, I really appreciated that about working there is that I kind of had a lot of freedom to go in directions that I wanted and stay away from certain directions that I didn't want, which like not very into marketing. So it was nice Mm -hmm. to not have to do that. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, yeah. When are you starting up at uh, the new role? So I start on February 10th. So basically just like about three and a half weeks notice I gave at my work just because I'm I'm contractually bound to three weeks. And then it was like a midweek when I took the offer. So yeah. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, 
yeah, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I guess you're going to be starting like right when you're moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll, st- I'll basically start work on the Monday and then I think I'm moving on the Friday night or the Saturday. So <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a tough week. I know it's going to be really tough, but I think it's just like, I, whatever, I just need to get it over with. Um, it'll be fine. Well, you have it on recording now that if you need a friend to help you move, then, uh, you know, hit me up or I'll ask Gabby to help you. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of who has uh, more, you like where people are more useful, helping me move or helping Diego move. Um, <laughs> because I have probably like one sixth of the amount of things that he has. So yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can call me in for either one of those, possibly both. We'll see. Nice. Depends how many treats you offer me. In a, I don't in think a... I don't think we'll need you for both, but maybe one. <laughs> Sweet. Anything so, else going on? No, I think that's uh, those are kind of the big things right now um, in terms of like big personal things and big professional things. Um, but I know that you've been working on a bunch of freelancing. Um, I saw you kind of putting that there into the universe on Twitter as well. So yeah, curious to hear some more about that. Yeah, I uh, I posted that tweet. Like, I know that those types of tweets don't tend to get a ton of engagement, but really the reason for putting it out there was um, to ha- just have like a pinned tweet on my profile so that people who see my page will just see like, oh, I'm available for hire. And so, um, and so yeah, that was kind of my thinking there. And I've been um, doing a bit of that just through other networks as well. Mainly, I have a couple Slack groups with some... Uh, developer friends and I have a Slack group with uh, a whole bunch of previous coworkers. And now that I'm committed to this, um, to this contracting work for, for the foreseeable future, I've started just letting my network know that, Hey, this is what I'm doing. So if you have anyone that you want to, you know, hire a developer, feel free to put them in touch. Uh, and so I just, yeah, did that. And already, uh, one of my previous coworkers just reached out yesterday and said oh i hope you don't mind i gave someone your information um so that they can reach out about a project that they're looking for help on so yeah that was good and the connection already you know emailed me asking for kind of setting up a proposal um or like a, a yeah a plan um they're looking to do like a new website for a physiotherapy firm so depending how you know um Like they didn't really give a lot of requirements. So we'll do an initial chat to figure out what they're thinking there and see if it's a good fit. Um, But yeah, that was kind of exciting and just like pretty cool to see how quickly that came together. Um, What else? Yeah. Also like ran into uh, my, I think I've even mentioned this before. My neighbor who's like in the dog park uh, works in tech, but she's more on the UX side of things. And so ran into her and she was like, Oh, I've been l- trying to run into you. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we did. And, uh, and she said that she has a couple opportunities as well. So she's putting me in touch with, um, one or two of her connections as well for people who are trying to build out some, some apps. So that's pretty exciting. Um, it's kind of, you know, all of these are just like, leads at this stage there's nothing finalized but i'm also still working with um with two contracts at the moment Mm -hmm. uh and so that's been 
that's been going well. I guess last time that we recorded was right before I started kind of my first week back at my old job, but yeah. under contract format. And, you know, it was more or less business as usual. But I noticed that because like I set this up on an hourly basis, um, there were like some weird parts of, of just how that changed the dynamic, you know, like things like I'm working with the same team. And so it's a bunch of people that I know already, but like, you know, we have a goodbye party and like, do you turn the clock off for like, you know, going down to have cake and coffee with people like when I'm setting you know, hours and stuff like that. Like that's a weird decision to have to make or like, you know, um, same with even just like stopping the clock for lunches and stuff. I decided that like, I'm going to do that. Like I prefer to just, you know, not feel any, um, ounce of guilt or like, mm -hmm. um, just thinking like, you know, sure. If I'm going to the washroom or like a quick two minute break, then like I'm, I'm going to keep, um, keep kind of like charging or billing. Uh, cause I'm still usually thinking on problems too. It's not just like the time that you're putting into coding that, uh, should be, uh, reflected necessarily, but yeah, for other things like that, I've, I don't know. It was just a weird dynamic to, to face in the, in the first week back and maybe it gets a little easier over time. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah I think that, um, just in you saying that, I think it could be such an interesting industry survey too. I'm sure there's like a million blog articles about people speaking about what they do and what they don't do. But it'd be interesting if you had a large pool of people doing freelance, specifically development work to understand, um, you know, what people are billing for and what they're not. Even just, even just out of curiosity, I would love to see that. Um, I've mentioned before that I do hours tracking too, but it, I do hours tracking in my regular job, but like I don't get paid hourly. So it's, I'm pretty strict with it. Um, but then I also am doing hours tracking right now for um, uh, just a small project, but it's, it's also different than yours because I'm not working 40 hours a week. I'll sit down, I'll do, I'll do an hour straight and track that. And then, you know, that's it. Um, so I think you're in more of a unique situation where I'd be curious what people who are in kind of the, full-time contracting situation actually do and actually track yeah me too and i've like googled around a bit but i have not got extensive answers um uh you know one of one of the kind of answers that felt right to me was just like what would you feel comfortable if you were hiring someone uh to do like work for you what would you feel comfortable with them doing and you know it's like oh yeah like you're going to be fine with them going and taking like a bathroom break or like a 10 minute break during the day just to you know have a coffee and unwind for a bit but like you know going off and having a, a client meeting for another project well yeah that should be you know yeah hours off and that's a good yeah. point and I, I as soon as you said that it kind of clicked in my mind that you know I have some employees who work hourly as well and some of them are hired through Upwork where they actually have um real-time tracking so you could if you wanted you could go back in the logs and see somebody's screen the whole time that they're working i've had mm -hmm. one employee and she's worked here probably the same amount of time as i have i hired her maybe a month or two after i started um and whenever i have the conversation about that i i, I first of all i never look at her video logs because i trust her but i also know that there's that if i did there would be periods of time where she's talking to her friends or she's making a phone call or she's not actively doing work and it doesn't bother me at all because 
I know she's a good employee. I know she's going to get her work done. And I know she's not trying to gouge us where I've definitely had situations with other people where it becomes quite obvious that they are actually making up hours. Um, I think that's kind of the situation in which I start being really frustrated is when people are being um, dishonest. That's really all. Yeah. Um, Part of what I started uh, looking into was switching over to more value-based pricing. I agree with that. Um, Yeah. Instead of just hourly, Um, even though, yeah, charging a pretty good hourly rate, but it also just ties you completely to time. Um, The problem with like the current setup is like on one project, I'm like a piece of the team and we're kind of working on this all together. And so it's hard to like carve out the value of like the smallish bits of work that are there. Um, Like they're kind of more vague. And so you can't just be like, oh yeah, that project is worth X. Whereas like the project that I uh, just got referred by a friend um, for that physiotherapy kind of firm would be more like I can price it out entirely, kind of like scope it out and say like, here's what we can do this for. Uh, And so, yeah, one resource that uh, is kind of a free short ebook that I read on this uh, was FreshBooks. um, One of the co-founders, Mike McDermott, um, Mm -hmm. he put out kind of like a free ebook on this called Breaking the Time Barrier. Um, And yeah, it's pretty good. It's... Um, it's kind of like a almost fictional like narrative like between or these two characters talking back and forth um, about this one guy who's been doing hourly billing and trying to understand and talking to someone who's got it more figured out on the value based side. I think what it comes down to a lot is your confidence in how you can estimate and how you can mm. um, position yourself. Uh, as a as a freelancer or as a consultant maybe um, in comparison to you know it's a lot easier to just um, say like oh yeah I'm not sure how long this is going to take and so we'll do it on an hourly basis so I, I don't know I think it, it doesn't necessarily work for every type of project but for ones where you're owning the whole thing from start to finish I think it can make a lot of sense and then I'm not so worried about going for a coffee with someone and like turning off the clock and things like that. So I agree with you. I think that, um, in my, in my day job, when I look at quoting, um, I, I look at it from both perspectives. It's tricky when, for example, if we take on new clients, we're competing with a lot of other web scripting companies that charge next to nothing. Right. So generally getting initial contracts, we need to be more price competitive. Um, generally people will choose us because of our level of customer service and being a North American option. Um, but generally it's, it's over time that we can start doing more value-based quoting because once you build up a relationship and people also understand how much time you're saving them in just being a good service provider, but not just providing data. Um, then I start looking at stuff like, um, okay, this is the project about how long, how much money would it take us to do that? But then I really try to understand, you know, the use case of what they're doing because in, in a lot of cases, um, people are automating things that aren't even possible for them to do manually. They couldn't, they, it wouldn't even be possible for them to hire a team to do this. So provided that they can do good post-processing on the data that can, you know, be valuable to them, they, they stand to sometimes gain a lot of money or save a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important to look at just not our, not just our inputs, but also the value we're providing. And I think it's been such a learning curve for me too, and all of us, because there's definitely certain clients that I've realized that 
we've lowballed so early on to get the contract and years later the amount that they're paying per month is just absolute pocket change to them um in terms of what the data is actually doing for them so yeah it's very interesting uh but it is uh, mm-hmm. a hard road to to navigate especially um for us that we're in kind of often ongoing contracts so it's about generally the idea with those clients is to just expand the accounts um if possible after they're kind of in the door yeah it's really um sometimes it can be tricky to dig into those metrics you know like if i'm going to try and figure that out before we're going to engage on a contract and you know figure out what is the exact value to the company that they're going to get you know from building out a new website you know you kind of have to dig into their goals and see but like if it's hard for them they're not going to just jump out and say like oh well we want to if we make a new website we'll make a million dollars more and you're like oh well if i charge you 20 percent of that you're going to get the value you know but like you kind of have to um, ask a lot of questions and then read between the lines a bit and like start putting numbers together on, on your own side, I guess, to, to figure out what the value could potentially be to them. Yeah. When you talk about it in terms of a new website, I think it's actually much more difficult than what I do because since a lot of what I do plugs into operations based projects like let's say provided it's not just seed data or something like that it's easy for me to ask questions like why are you doing this what are you trying to solve how many people do you currently have doing work like this if anyone you know what i mean so i can start to understand you know how much are you paying people to do this work right now or is it actually something that you couldn't even do manually um and then you can start to understand you know how much value this could bring them and then kind of on the other side of it you know by having this data can you charge people more money can you save money somewhere um and then just kind of i always it's always rough calculations i always like there's so many times down the road though that i realize um especially if we're working with a client who has a client when i realize you know who the end end client is i'm like oh we could have charged them a lot more money you know but um yeah yeah yeah, you only learn by doing it a number of times and kind of like narrowing in on kind of what your, I guess you just narrow in more on what you can charge to different clients better. You start figuring out what that looks like. So, yeah, and I think you'd be more familiar with the web world and how that actually translates to people's value than, than I am. But uh, I'm sure there's lots of people who've thought about this as well. It can be tough because, you know, some might be oh, we want to increase our revenue by 20% and make our online store like the place for shopping. It's like, okay, well, what are your sales right now? And like, you can dig into that. But like, oh, this is more of a branding or informational play where it's like, we want one website to have all the information for uh, the different um, product lines that we offer. And they're not selling anything through there necessarily. So what are your goals here for and and trying to figure out like oh, increased traffic and things like that, um, where you're, yeah, just it, it can be hard to quantify that to a, a value necessarily in terms of monetary value. So I think it would be interesting if you kept a log of how you start doing this with clients just to kind of see what you do over time and evaluate that a i think it would be interesting for your own learning and b i think that if you end up freelancing for a significant period of time and taking on different clients it could be really interesting content to just for other people to be able to see a journey of kind of trial and failure um yeah yeah that's a good point i'm gonna write that down um it's yeah. work, but I mean, you have to do all the estimation anyways. It's not that hard to kind of write about it afterwards. There are things that I wish that I did in my current job in terms of 
it's hard to remember how and why sometimes you estimate it certain ways, even though I have all the spreadsheets behind it, because I haven't written out a lot of the thinking behind it. It's, it's hard to dig back into things from a few years ago. That's just a spreadsheet of calculations, you know? Yeah, I have set up in Notion, uh, which I use for pretty much everything, running everything in my life. I have set up kind of like a mini CRM at this point for just like every customer or like potential customer that I'm talking to of like all the contact dates and also just like anything that I'm putting in a proposal. And, you know, that's a perfect place where I can track that as well. And um and maybe just be able to revisit later on to see what kind of uh, pitches I was doing and things like that. So I think yeah. that's a good uh, good call. I should just add that to my template. Um, yeah. Anything else going on on your side? I do actually have more. Let's see. Um, I've been, yeah, trying to like <laughs> uh, keep up with like, stretching and certain habits like speaking Spanish and practicing Spanish. And I think I may have even mentioned before that I was using a habit tracking app and, um, and that has overall been quite good until yeah. I went away um, wow. this past week. And it just kind of like throwing out, I, I brought all my stuff where like I brought my, you know, yoga mat. I brought everything for like, you know, just doing the rituals, but also just like being out of my element. It kind of threw me off a bit, I noticed. And so, you know, I lost my 13 day Spanish streak on uh, Duolingo yeah. and like those types of things where, you know, it was just like, I think the important part now is just trying to get back on track with, with those things. And uh, now that I'm back in my, my own element, at home again uh but yeah that was something that was like pretty tricky is just getting thrown off there it's so interesting i was watching a documentary yesterday i don't know if you've seen it it's called jiro dreams of sushi no <laughs> okay and he's one of the most famous sushi makers in the world um but he's just he's this 85 year old man um and he's like a michelin three-star restaurant and you know just like next level but part of the documentary was they were talking about how you know, he's so obsessed with routine and he does like the exact same thing every single day, you know, and mm. it just kind of got me thinking and, and you bringing this up, got me thinking again that for me, I find routine so helpful in my success. Like I will never have um, a life as structured as Jiro, but um, I do notice the same thing that unless I'm super ingrained in a habit, um, like brushing my teeth or, you know, certain things um, mm -hmm. that being thrown off of my regular day to day is um, it's very difficult to maintain um, daily habits. I find that a lot with meditation. Sometimes I find um, I'm in a weird space to meditate or I feel awkward. Um, yeah. Like finding a space to meditate. So that one, mm -hmm. that's one that I get thrown off of really easily. Yeah. And I think I'm still in the early stage with like these two habits specifically where they're not quite a habit where it's like i almost don't, wouldn't need to track them after a certain point you're Got like it. yeah i brush my teeth because i just do that mm -hmm. and you want to i want to get to the point where it's like i practice spanish and i stretch because i just do those things it's like no matter where i'm at so uh i think it'll still be a, probably a couple months of like trying to actively do these um but yeah it's one thing is just environment is something to really watch out for um you know, just when you're trying to, I don't know, trying to keep your routines, it, it can be really tricky. I agree. Um, yeah. And so other things just to follow up on, I think what we talked about last time was one of the clients uh, was pushing for adjusting the rate a bit. Right. Um, and 
and I was not really on the, I obviously didn't want to lower my rate um, because it's, it just didn't seem to make sense to me at the time. I ended up, you also suggested to kind of speak to some of the other developers if that was an option to see uh, what, if they were happy with my work and what their thoughts were on this situation. So I actually ended up doing that. I also met up with a freelancer friend of mine to discuss this a little bit. And, um, and yeah, kind of when I talked to the other developers who are working on this project, they were definitely very happy with the the work that I've been putting in and saw, you know, so that gave me confidence in like, I think what I'm charging is fair. Mm -hmm. I also think the value will increase over time. It also did open up kind of a new insight to me, which is like this project is entirely funded, uh, self-funded by the, um, by the project manager, by the owner. Uh, whereas I kind of assumed that there were like, in, there was some investment into it. So it did give me a bit more sympathy towards his situation. Um, and so we ended up meeting kind of halfway. Um, I didn't go below like what I was comfortable with. Um, like did not go below my, I had a number set of like, this is the lowest I would, I would feel comfortable doing this work for. And yeah, so we kind of met halfway and, uh, and yeah, we're going to continue the relationship with that moving forward. We've also set it up so there's more of a contract agreement. Like I mentioned last time, I think we didn't have a contract in place. So mm-hmm. I went out, found a, a kind of like base level contract that will at least give us some peace of mind in working together um, for how we provide these services. And I think that is going to be a good baseline for how I work with other clients in the future. So that was really valuable to do. Um, and so I'm feeling pretty good about where that came out. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. You've got so many things going on. It is really exciting. Yeah, there's, there is a lot. I'm, I'm realizing that time is very short. Like I've, I've kind of made a couple, um, I guess like promises to people as well, which I really need to keep, um, or really would like to keep. Um, I met up with a couple of friends. Actually, one of my goals for this month uh, as well, which um, I've been in my daily journal, I have kind of at the top, like my goals for the month listed out in just a like my top things I would like to accomplish this month. Mm-hmm. And one of them was just meeting up with some uh, old connections or meeting new connections. Um, and so, um, yeah, I met up with an old friend that we used to work together, um, before I worked in tech at all and was telling her or she was kind of just trying to figure out what her next steps would be after her current position. We started talking a lot about the tech field and wanted to get her some resources for like getting into tech, maybe not as a developer, but as just anyone getting into the technology, like just opening up her mind to the fact that you don't have to be a coder to work in this space. And there's a lot of flexibility for different options you can do there. So totally. um, And I think it is, I think it can be intimidating for people who are not in it to realize that there's so many spaces to break in. Um, especially if you're, you know, a quick learner or have kind of like, you know, any technical acumen as in like you can use a computer well, or like you are a really logical person. Or, um, I found right now with, uh, the coordinator that I hired about six months ago, my biggest concern. And and again, I'm not a developer, but, um, I've worked in the space for a long time. So I'm not like, uh, shy about not knowing things. I just 
learn what I don't know generally. Um, but I was mm-hmm. nervous about bringing her on just because she had no technical background. And I feel comfortable saying this because she knows that as well. And, um, I've never seen somebody, I mean, I haven't hired a lot of coordinators under me ever, but she, but she just like picked up things so quickly and was so well able to work with the development team simply because, you know, she was open. She wasn't um, embarrassed about not knowing things, wasn't embarrassed about asking questions. She always just made sure that she understood something, um, you know, before like having that discussion with a client or before pushing certain things on a project forward. So um, just like in seeing how she came from zero technical background to just like, having an entire development team absolutely love working with her. It's very clear that it's possible to come, you know, from something completely different. Yeah. I think a lot of people underestimate the value or how similar the work that they currently may do can be applied to work in the tech field. Um, and for my friend's case, she, um, yeah, so we both came from a music background and working in the arts. And so she was, um, working with like, um, artist and programming shows and kind of so she's like setting up concerts setting up advancing the artists through to like um uh, from getting all their backline set up and like everything that you need on stage to when they get here hotel rooms and all that and like yeah. there's a ton of coordination in there and it's basically like project management and i know that when you uh when my partner Gabby was starting to look at this field as well and possibly doing project management. You and her had some conversations and like the work that she's doing in the printing, like physical printing space, it's, it's been basically project management, but she doesn't see it like that because her title Mm -hmm. isn't like a project manager. You're just like, but you're shipping out all this artwork to clients. You're uh, communicating directly with customers all the time, figuring out what they want and you're prioritizing needs because of what has to go out the door before, you know, like at the right time to make sure you have your priorities in order. Like there's so much of that that is valuable in (laughs) like and translates beyond your, your role right there. Totally. And I mean, for me, um, before I started working on any, let's say like technical projects at all, I was managing international volunteer travel, which is like also, you know, it's the same thing completely outside of, um, the technology space at all. Um, I was lucky that my transition in was working on a tech platform for international volunteer travel. So I kind of made my way in like that, which I know is not always the case um, for everyone. And I've always had an interest in technology. So for me, that was just like, I knew that I wanted to go in that direction. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. There's just like so many transferable skills. I saw, I know we're getting a little bit long on the, on the time right now, but I, there's this interesting program in Toronto. Um, at, uh, I think it's hosted by a bunch of different agencies in Toronto, possibly, but it's like an APM program, something product management program. And they bring people in with no background in product management whatsoever. And I think kind of give them an internship for a certain period of time where they will basically train you completely up and they have different cohorts for it. And and you're not paying them. I think they're paying you to be an intern. And then different companies recruit from these cohorts. So it's the idea of like being able to bring different people in um, with no technical background to kind of break into that space. Um, especially a, a lot of people are interested in product management because there's so many um, roles there. Um, yeah, I think they're mm-hmm. interesting roles as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a lot more. I really want to get this to them. And my thought, my thinking was like, 
I've had many people ask me about getting into tech as a developer or just into tech in general. And I was like, oh, I'm going to put a couple blog posts together and just haven't like put the time. I've kind of structured like a bit into a notion like list of like some resources and stuff, um, but just haven't fully fleshed this out. And I think that's part of the... Um, I'm just realizing that anytime I think I'm going to write a blog post, I end up not fully doing it. Um, actually, what I'm maybe thinking is like we could, and it depends if you're into this, is like we could kind of put together like, you know, an episode on just some resources for getting into technology, whether it's in the dev space or not, and then could just share that with them along with like the show notes. And it might be a good idea for like, it's so much, it's, a easier for us to to like just kind of go back and forth and provide that um, to someone, and it it's like not like ten to twelve hours of time writing out a post, but just like the time that it takes to record. But also, yeah, I think we could then refer back to that, share it with other people, and it might be a good resource. I agree with that, and I think in general just the idea of like getting into tech from a non-technical background or maybe just not a, a straight, you know, education career path like that is super interesting. And and both of us are people who had slightly different jobs beforehand, if not mm -hmm. significantly different. Um, yeah, I actually think it would be super interesting. We probably know a lot of people who've come from different backgrounds, whether it's interviewing them or doing job posts about them. I think that, um, really a really interesting subject matter would be uh providing content for people who are nervous about breaking into the space being able to actually see you know how many people have done it and how they've done it from such different and diverse backgrounds in so many different ways because it's really not one of those here's step a b c you know um mm -hmm. yeah i think that i think that's similar to people who listen to a lot of entrepreneurship podcasts that are getting into tech podcasts in different roles could be super interesting as well yeah and i've definitely heard some that are kind of like very accessible for that so maybe we can even just do a recording of like pointing people to some good resources for that and um and then it gives them a good head start for like where they can even start uh like because that's the hardest part is knowing where to start and then once you have these resources you can follow this kind of branched out strategy of like following like one resource will lead you to the next but at least we give you a jumping off point so i think that would be great maybe we can set that up and uh plan for it maybe in the next couple weeks I'm down. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I know we're running running short on time. So, um, yeah, like, I don't know. That was, yeah, <laughs> a couple weeks goes by uh, and you're like, oh, man, I haven't accomplished much. But then you look back and there's actually like quite a bit there to, to dig into. So, uh, it's I actually feel it's a very valuable exercise just doing this even for ourselves. I agree. And I want to be better about daily journaling for my whole life like you are because i only do it for my day job and there's a lot of things there that i wouldn't be fun to talk about on the podcast <laughs> yeah it's uh it's definitely something i've been trying to stick with more uh recently and uh it's a good habit to get into uh i don't necessarily do it every day and sometimes i'll just write something for a couple days ago in mm -hmm. like today's thing that i remember but it's it's a good way to look back and especially if we're like oh the last podcast was uh recorded on january 5th and so i know like all the notes after that are applicable so yeah that's fair yeah. okay so i guess we'll call it at that then yeah, well, uh, we'll catch. Oh, right. Where where are people gonna gonna find this podcast and their show notes about? Yeah, this? so you can find us at uh, workpalspodcast.com or on Twitter at workpals. Amazing. See ya. Bye. <laughs>